Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Let's get it on. Final four set in the NBA. The Boston Celtics finally take care of Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers to advance for a date against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Come on in, if you will. It's the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon here, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Jason Smith off tonight, still lamenting the Mets batting out of order and causing chaos in their game earlier this afternoon. You'll hear about that over the course of the night. Sitting in for him, my tag team partner, Sunday morning's Fox Sports Sunday, my buddy Dan Beyer. We just got to watch a very electrifying Final five, six minutes of an NBA playoff series and won a battle that I think we'll be seeing for years to come. It's not that often that you get a five-game series and you say, that was really good. That was a lot of fun. That's what you had with Sixers and Celtics. Heading into this game, Mike, I was shocked to hear how many people felt that the Sixers, if they could just get this game five, would be coasting on their way. Because if you watch this series, these teams had their ups and downs throughout 
And there wasn't ever a time that the Sixers, I felt, really felt comfortable, especially offensively in this series. This game, better than most in in this matchup, they realized that they had to go in down low into the paint and get buckets as the Celtics were pressuring J.J. Redick, T.J. McConnell, and you guys have talked about Ben Simmons' shot a lot, so you got a lot of Embiid and Sharich. But when it came down to it, just like it did in Game 3, the Celtics were 10 times better than the Philadelphia 76ers. Austin Trail by 4 with 2 minutes to go in this game ends up leaving with a two-point victory and a series win. Boston was just the better team. You could talk about all the stars that you want with the Sixers. Boston was better in the series, and that's why they're going to the conference final. Active on the boards, loose balls. You saw it time and time again. I, I believe we we saw Marcus Smart become a uh, a star, and, and he'll never buy another drink uh, in the greater Boston area again. He might get a, a couple cases of wine from uh, Drew Bledsoe, who got so much run. You got If you're Eric Bledsoe, you're sitting at home. You probably went Elvis on a couple of TVs and started shooting them out with the number of long looks you got of Drew Bledsoe Eric, re- replying. Eric Bledsoe is like, "Why are you still talking about me? We stopped dating a year ago. This is this is why am I still being talked about and brought up? Why am I a theme?" But Drew Bledsoe was courtside in the Terry Rozier jersey, so you had the that. sign Rozier's yes, yes, jersey, right? Autographed, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a nice look for him, and he got a lot of screen time. He got more screen time than uh, Kevin Hart would have. That's true. If, that, it, if it was reversed, it's, it's easier to find Drew Bledsoe though. Is six five stands, compared stands to five six? It, it's but, little, but then you play Where's Waldo little, with Kevin Hart. A little, little different. Drew Bledsoe, pretty easy to pick out of the crowd as he hovers over everyone else. This Celtics team in this series, Mike. Heck, people were crowning the 76ers of being the team that was going to represent the East just after their series win against the Miami Heat. And to see what Boston did, again, and you want to talk about shorthanded. I don't I don't even consider I don't even consider Gordon Hay- or playing without Gordon Hayward as shorthanded. Never he, he played 5 minutes for the team this year. He, he you, was a non-factor. You were exactly. able to adjust. Kyrie Irving, completely different story. But now you've got a team that had Jalen Brown coming off of a hamstring injury. Finally, back into the starting lineup for the Celtics tonight. You had Shane Larkin missing. This is a team that isn't deep, Mike. And they still were able to beat the Philadelphia 76ers, a team everyone was ready to crown as Eastern Conference champions and do it in five games. And the Boston Celtics remain unbeaten at home in the NBA playoffs where they will have home court advantage over the Cavaliers when things start Sunday. Well, we look at, at this game, the Embiid and Simmons combination mm-hmm. obviously became the, the romanticism and the new shiny new object. I think that that's really what it is, right? When you're, you're kids, and even, even now as adults, and you get some kind of gift for that week, that's the greatest thing in the world. And then next week you wake up and say, I want something else. We'll get into the coach of the year voting in about 15 minutes, and I think that's kind of what we're looking at here in terms of success and everything else for the Sixers. It became a nice new narrative. Ben Simmons, six ten and dominating Joel Embiid. He's funny. He's gregarious. He's a guy that you can push as a star. So the, everybody gravitated towards that because the six or the Celtics have a, a lot of guys, but the two guys with the star power, the recognition weren't there. Tatum still coming on. And certainly during the playoffs, asserting himself, and becoming that guy that everybody's waking up and going, wait a minute, hold on, especially here in Los Angeles, right? Because they had Lonzo mm-hmm. Ball, who missed a lot of time and who has no jump shot and had a dad who took over more than he did, that you're saying, well, you could have had him. You could have had him on this team. 
And so now there's going to be buyer's remorse for years to come. But it becomes the you have the two superstars that are getting the push into this series. So the bandwagon filled up quite quickly. And I think people's desire of seeing those guys get over push the prediction model as well, as opposed to the tried and true buy-in system that you have in Boston. And playoffs are different than the regular season. But if you're the Sixers and you're Ben Simmons, you also ran up against a team that can play some defense and as a coach that knows how to coach against your weaknesses. Ben Simmons in this game, you're going to look at the stat line. You're going to say, okay, I'll, you know, Ben Simmons, he was all right, 8 of 15, 18 points, 8 boards, 6 assists. Nice, nice stat-filling game. Early on, extremely tentative. The, the right. shot was in his head, and the Sixers are really going showerch early on, early on. When I see Ben Simmons, at least in this series, there weren't a lot of effective points even when he was scoring. So the 18 points, in a way, come up, I guess, in a way, empty. Cutting to the basket and getting a nice pass from another teammate and making the layup isn't filling it up on your own. And you guys have talked about it throughout this playoff, about his jump shot, about trying to fix it. But still, like when, you, when it came down to it for the Sixers, Redick was more of a threat, Embiid was more of a threat, Sharks was more of a threat, and that's who they leaned on in Game 5. So like when, when you're talking about these names, and we're talking about who's going to be Rookie of the Year, really realize, and, and, and I know the voting's over with, so it's not going to matter, but really realize who are the real threats for the 76ers when it came to beating the Boston Celtics. Ben Simmons wasn't one of the top three. And... and Tip of the cap to them for knowing where they had to go to Sharks and Embiid in this game. But yeah, the, the Simmons factor, the points were there. I'm just not sure that the the impact was there. Well, he ended up, as you say, making his impact in terms of those scores down in the low post mm-hmm. where he's he's posting up. So now he's supposed to be the magic point guard, the 6'10 guy, but now he's a post-up player yeah, down yeah. low, which, which is great that he can mix and match, but until he develops the jump shot, you're going to have an incomplete game, and you're still going to need all these other pieces, which I, I think the push was, here's your superstar in the making. If he's not a, a threat from beyond 12 feet, which he isn't at this point, mm-hmm. man, how many times did you say, yeah, you want to stay out there, fine. And the, the way the Celtics would guard him, it's like, all right, just make sure he doesn't get you off the dribble, right, because it's two steps to the basket given his length, Yeah, that they they were able to keep him out and get the ball out of his hands. And for tonight... You saw the other members of the squad step up and, and make big plays, Sarge being the, the most yeah. beneficiary with his 8-for-14. And, and I give the Sixers credit in defeat because it seemed that that was the plan early on. He was the one who yep. was getting a lot of the action, and even late in the game. it was when They were down 10 in the third quarter and end up making a push to get, I believe, within one at the end of three. They end up then taking the lead in this game late in the fourth quarter, doing it with their strengths. J.J. Redick was just 2 of 7 from 3. One of those threes just to bring him within 1 when they were down 4. Which from about 35 feet? Yeah, like, that yeah. was the Steph Curry pull-up and yeah, so you had, you make had it rain. Jalen Brown in his face tonight. Defensively, Boston was able to, to do what they needed to do on the perimeter. The Sixers were at least able to take advantage of it down low, and that's where they had a lot of success. But in the end, Boston ends up winning out, making the key plays, making the impact plays that I think the Sixers were missing at times during the series. It is. 
The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Dan Byer in for Jason Smith tonight. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. Get yourself a free rate quote. There was a big sequence at the end of the game. Joel Embiid, he of the mask. Most of the game, he, he took it off. He left it on the sideline. Tried to make a big play down low and was denied. Embiid bumps him, gets in deep, pulls it up, no good. Scramble for the rebound. Embiid has got it, knocked away by Rozier. Out of bounds off Embiid, Celtics ball. Wow. And Embiid crashes to the floor, his hands over his head, not believing the opportunity that just slipped through his fingers. Had two cracks at it, Celtics radio network on the call. Two cracks at it, and then Rozier comes in, it goes off his knee, and you could see the, the disgust and the despondent nature immediately in Embiid's because he had it. Didn't go up strong with the, I'm just going to dunk on you. Contact me, mate. i got to give the referees some credit. Because down the stretch, hey, we're stepping out of this. Mm-hmm. We're letting you guys play. Because there were a couple of times where you were waiting for, there was an offensive foul that could have been called on Saric at one point. They didn't. They let it go. And that was Marcus Smart. He had a, the big tip in off the Brown miss. Or I should say off the Tatum miss. And then on the defensive end, took what looked to be a charge. Either way, it left yeah. everybody discombobulated to get the ball back up. Uh, and, and then, you know, he's he's there again. Like, he, he had this sequence that makes him a legend in Boston tonight. And there was an end at the end of the game. Boston was up one with Smart at the free throw line after Reddick hit the three to pull him 113 to 112. Marcus Smart goes to the free throw line, misses the first with 2.8 seconds left. Philly doesn't have a timeout. Right. Smart takes his free throw, tries to bang it <laughs> off the iron, which I will say this, it's the right play. You, even if, if you make it, you're only up two, and you're giving Philadelphia an opportunity to throw it down court and get a shot off at the end. I understand that the, the chances are low, but they're a heck of a lot slimmer if you allow them to get a rebound and then try to set up some sort of play. Making a two at that point, Maybe they get a shot off to tie it. But Marcus Smart did the right thing in trying to miss the shot. It just rattled off the backboard and rim and ended up falling. Banks in. Yeah, Celtics <laughs> were almost doomed by their own their The, the, <laughs> the strategy almost yeah. backfired yeah, on them. Yeah, yes. and, and, and it was the right move. They just got some bad luck that the ball went in. But in the end, the long pass was intercepted. But it could have been really interesting at the end there if the – Free throw was made, and the Celtics or the Sixers were able to get possession on a long pass. You always love when we can get a Christian Leitner, Grant Hill reference in, which they did on the broadcast. And then, much like last night when uh, Steph Curry took the final heave of the third quarter and caught it like he was a punt returner and started running back, much the same here on the long heave. Celtics intercept, and that is ball game. They'll advance to play the Cavaliers and LeBron James. Uh, you want to hear how it sounded at the end? Let's hear it, because they get they could actually put confetti into the crowd that stands. Simmons holding it. Long touchdown pass. Knocked away. Picked off by Marcus Smart. He fires the ball into the air. It crashes to the ground as the Philadelphia 76er season comes to an end. An instant classic of a series in a rivalry renewed, and the Boston Celtics have survived Four games to one. All right, Celtics Radio Network uh, on the call. You heard Marcus Smart's name again. I have two things here. In the play-by-play, if you go down the play-by-play on ESPN, and with one second left, it says Ben Simmons' bad pass. Marcus Smart steals. (laughs) 
That's how they describe it. <laughs> That's right. Number two, Drew Bledsoe is at the podium taking questions right now. That seems <laughs> a little bit, uh, a little bit too much at this point. How often will he shill for his wine company? <laughs> do you think, Dan? <laughs> how how soon before Terry Rozier trades out his Drew Bledsoe jersey for a Tom Brady jersey, Ooh, just like it look did? Look at that. Yeah, seventeen years ago, he upgrades to the TB uh, TB. Uh, TB uh, 12 wine, maybe, uh, maybe, or uh, the Rosier Rosé. I, I don't know. There, there's many different ways. I think that's what Bledsoe's talking about now. He's going to start naming all sorts of wines uh, after these Celtics and sell, sell, well, It's fitting because Philadelphia is now going to start to wine because they're out of the playoffs. There's no question about it. The process stopped at least for the 2017-2018 campaign. He's Dan Byer. I'm Mike Harmon. This is the Jason Smith Show. With me, Mike Harmon, here live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, Coach of the Year was announced earlier today. The voting? Well, don't trust that process anytime soon. Here's a problem. I hear this song, and I want to go beat people up. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, here live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Jason Smith out tonight because, well, the Mets batted out of order. The Mets had problems earlier today, and and Jason didn't want to show his face. So he he took the night off. If the Mets bat out of order and nobody saw it, did it still happen? That's the question because it happened in Cincinnati today. Well, Cincinnati yeah. now has Matt Harvey, so there were a lot of eyeballs <laughs> because the former artist formerly known as the Dark Knight joined the the Reds. Dan Byer in for Jason Smith. You find him over at Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Find me over at Swollen Dome. The Celtics take down the Sixers. 114-112, that's your headliner. On the undercard was the fact that tonight we also had the Coach of the Year announced. Yes, the award given each and every year by the 30 coaches in the NBA and the winner of the Michael H. Goldberg NBCA Coach of the Year was Dwayne Casey of your Toronto Raptors. Now, Voting obviously occurred before the playoffs. Either that or they're mocking him. If they changed the rules that allowed for a post-first-round well, yeah. series, <laughs> uh, given some of the gaffes uh, in that series. Uh, but that that's the story, is that he wins. Obviously, 59 wins. They have a fantastic regular season. Uh, maybe he gets some credit if they were even voting now because he benched DeMar DeRozan, who had a monster year to get him this award, and then said, you know what, you're ineffective, hey, you're minus 29. I, I, well, I applaud him yeah. for that, right? When he said, you're not effective, you've got to do other things, called him out after game three, even though he was waving a white flag at the same time. Hey, we got one more game, but Dwayne Casey, you're coach of the year. I, want, I wonder if Charles Barkley and Shaq have any opinions on that benching. Just kidding. The the. The Dwayne Casey Award, and this isn't the one that the big one. This is a, I don't want to say a random Coach of the Year award, but the real like AP Coach of the Year comes at the end of the season. You'll have it at the NBA award show. But what this does, Mike, is this comes at a time where the Celtics are on the verge of advancing while the Raptors were just swept out of the playoffs. I love Brad Stevens, and I don't know anybody who doesn't like Brad Stevens except maybe Philly fans right now, and everybody can appreciate what he did. But it's difficult to improve on a season. Remember, the Celtics won 53 games last year. Number without, one seed. Yeah, without Kyrie Irving on their team. So they improved by two games with Kyrie Irving. Now, I'm not saying that he did a bad job, but the point is the optics of it. Right now, they're yeah. playing so shorthanded, and you see how much he means to the team. But throughout the regular season, like I thought it was a shoe-in, for example, 
And I, I forgot who he had on. I'm like, all right, D'Antoni's probably going to run away with it. I forgot Mike D'Antoni won it last year, so there's probably no chance that he's going to No, but that's yeah. just it, right? D'Antoni doesn't win it for last year, even though Stevens and the, and, and the Celtics were the number one seed mm-hmm. in the East. So since they carried over that success, even without the superstars, like, ah, you've already been there. You've already done that. So we're not going to reward you. Whereas Dwayne Casey has this monster year, yeah. and they break through to a number one seed. So he gets the nod. Brad Stevens, talking in a bathroom or an airplane <laughs> or maybe using uh, a couple of tin cans and some string, he commented on it. All the other stuff, like the, the, the coaching votes and everything else, the way that thing works is you get one vote. And I'm telling you, I looked at the sheet, and there's no way that I would have voted for me over any of the other 29 people. And the guy that should have won got it. And those other guys that get votes, like, they're unbelievable. I'm stealing from those guys all the time. Like, it's so um, it's so incredible to have an opportunity to be one of 30. And I think it's a lot more important to just focus on competing with your team rather than trying to compare yourself to others. So I'm telling you, if it gets to be a comparison contest, I'm screwed. Now, I appreciate how he's trying to be humble for the job that he's done. He's been called a super genius like he's Wile E. Coyote. They've seen photoshopped images of him putting on a hoodie like he's Belichick. All of those things uh, come together. But saying that you're no better than Fred Hoiberg, that's where I draw the line, okay? You (laughs) want to say, here's all these other coaches that I steal from, that I got something from. You're not stealing anything from Fred Hoiberg. Don't lie to me. (laughs) I also don't think that these coaches, I I don't think that they're going to vote for their buddies because it seems like it's a fraternity of 30. But when you look at the coaches that received votes and Stevens didn't, there were eight coaches that did. Right. Brett Brown, I think, is an obvious. At least somebody would vote for Brett sure. Brown. I mentioned Mike D'Antoni, who I thought of taking the Rockets to the top of the West, which more difficult than what you would have to navigate in the Eastern Conference. He but, received but, votes. But the, the Warriors didn't take it seriously. Sure. I, I, I would argue, I mean, in terms of... If you're going to look at D'Antoni and what the Rockets they did. They also added Chris Paul, which helps. You know, yeah, that well. helps a little bit. The, but I, I think that you would see, you you could understand why he Someone would get votes. Would mark him down. Nate sure. McMillan and Quinn Snyder got votes. I think that those are, are no-brainers. Terry Stotts, Doc Rivers, and Greg Popovich. So, Steve Kerr didn't receive any votes. Just assume you know, that the system Ty works, received, everything's and, good. Yeah, yeah. So I well, think Ty Lue, nobody believes he's the coach. Well, but I think <laughs> that Brad Stevens falls kind of also into that group as well of like, okay, these guys kind of did it. The coaches that were named, I don't want to say that they overcame different circumstances, but a lot was expected of the teams that the coaches weren't named. Correct. So, And I think right. that coaches recognized that. They recognized what Quinn Snyder had to go through in Salt Lake City and bringing along Donovan Mitchell in place of Gordon Hayward. They realized what Doc Rivers did without even making the playoffs in L.A. I mean, like, no, you know, they, But that's just it. Yeah. Both coaches. I, I was half expecting to see Luke Walton see a vote. Because, <laughs> look, they're nowhere near the playoff, but what they what he yeah. was dealing with, yeah. they could have given up and, and put you up a to, white flag and started picking people from the 300 level about midseason. You had to deal with LeVar Ball, Luke Walton, your unanimous coach of the year, <laughs> by his peers. Luke Walton even voted for himself. No, I'm just kidding. Just made that up. I don't know who Luke Walton Stay voted for. Stay in your lane. Wasn't him because that would be he didn't interesting. get a vote. No, but, yeah, well, yeah. he didn't vote for himself, but maybe he just abstained, what would saying, have, I earned this. What would have been awesome is if Brad Stevens got one vote and it was his own. He's like, I just went for me. I had a hell of a you job. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did a hell of a job. Justin Frostberg, how do you not vote for yourself? Have you ever been in a contest where you had to vote for yourself? Yeah. I like it. 
I've never done. I I could not get myself to do it. Just it, couldn't. Well, it depends. You know, if it's so. You know, I'm on, I'm on HOA board. I think I run it better than some of the guys <laughs> that might that might show up there at at the meetings. Oh, that's different. Uh, You're dealing with windows. Well, well, that's one of the many <laughs> many topics going on there. Uh, going back to I don't know classroom elections and all those things. Sure. I was a uh, a junior like, senator at Northwestern. I voted for myself. <laughs> I tried to not win a treasurer election my freshman year in high school because it was the only job on the student council board where you actually had to do work. You had to show up. <laughs> you had to show up 15 minutes early and count the money from the ice cream machine from the day before, which was a total pain. Somehow I got into the finals, tried to gather the vote against me so I wouldn't have to show up to school early. And I won as treasurer. And you, so, well, because yeah. you were so trustworthy, Dan, and so likable. Oh, jeez. And you knew how days. to count. You were better at math. <laughs> Who knew kids love the ice cream sandwich so much? Well, but they, there you go, racking up cash for other purposes. Coming up next, NBA champion, FS1, FSR, NBA analyst, our buddy Karan Butler is going to stop by, talk about this series, closing out, and what we can expect in the conference finals. But we step out. First, to our award-winning update anchor, Hi. Tom Looney, who's flexing, finishing his 3,700 push-ups, trying to best Herschel Walker <laughs> with what's trending. All right. uh, Sixers-Celtics came down to the final shot. Simmons holding it. Long touchdown pass. Knocked away. Picked off by Marcus Smart. He fires the ball into the air. It crashes to the ground as the Philadelphia 76ers season comes to an end. An instant classic of a series in a rivalry renewed, and the Boston Celtics have survived four games to one. 114-112 was your final song. Granted with the word pictures. 98.5 FM, the sports hub in Boston. Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1, Sunday, on the American Broadcasting Company, better known by its gangster name, ABC. Yankees, Red Sox, and just a short time ago, Bronx Bombers won it, 5-4. The Yankees take over first place in the American League East. If you need more baseball scores, you can check out FoxSports.com. With the Me Too movement still in full force, Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia has landed in the middle of a scandal. Not for any recent actions, but for an alleged rape in 1996. According to Texas court records, Patricia was charged in 1996 with aggravated sexual assault, but never prosecuted. The case was eventually dismissed. The details, nevertheless, are pretty ugly and we now continue with more great sports talk with dan byer sitting in for jason smith and mike Harmon on fox sports radio thank you looney sure appreciate that we're coming to you live from the geico fox sports radio studios it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier mike Harmon, alongside dan byer we head out to the hotline nba champion in 2011 FS1 NBA analyst and our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio. You can hear him after Dan and I get done with Fox Sports Sunday, Sunday mornings. He takes over 9 to 12 West Coast, 12 to 3 Eastern time. He's in tomorrow with Dan in my stead. You hear him each weekend with Chris Mannix, but he joins us now on the hotline to talk about the Boston Celtics advancing. I'll tell you, Karan, once uh, Ben Simmons gets the jumper down, they're going to be dangerous. But for now... Succeed and proceed, and Marcus Smart is my hero. Yeah, that's exactly what he was, and thanks for thank you guys again for having me on. You Welcome know, I in. think Marcus Smart is the, is the guy that just really makes the difference. 
in this ball club, and it's, it's, it's good to see him back out there healthy. A lot of guys, I think he's cut from a different cloth also because a lot of guys with that injury to the hand, when they came back as early, would have took the safe route, but now they're in the Eastern Conference and they, they're playing in the championship. So it's amazing to see that. Karan, how does a coach like Brad Stevens manage with such little depth? What are the tricks? What are the things that he does or can do to get this team playing just basically seven guys right now? Listen, he makes adjustments on the fly, and he's not out there trying to consume other things from other people, personnel, anything like that. He's managing his personnel to the best of his ability and doing an excellent job. I remember, you know, calling the game probably two games in the regular season before it, it, it obviously the season ended. And I was talking to him after he got the news that Kyrie went out. He said, look, we're going to play big. We're going to put Scary Terry at the point, put the ball in his hand, and we're going to utilize the talent that we have and maximize it. And that's exactly what he did. Those guys stayed together collectively. They hang their hat on the defensive end. They never get out work, even when they do. You know, they bring their, their best effort, and that's why they've been able to be successful. Karan, when, when we look at a team like this, right, when across the NBA there's always just the you can't get – enough guys to buy in defensively to give their bodies up. And what what did you see here? Guys stepping in, smart one of them, but certainly every Celtics player stepping in to lane, stepping in and taking bumps. How does a coach communicate that and get guys to buy in? Or is that just you're picking the the right guys for your roster that you know are already in that mindset? Listen, Boston has a, a championship culture. They have a winning culture. They got people that believe in their system. And if you if you don't believe in that system, you no longer be with that organization. They do an excellent job of getting the results that they need. And they're young. Guys are really trying to maximize their opportunities. And every time you step out there, it's an audition. Some of those guys wouldn't have had the quality minutes, which they have, if a Gordon Hayward was healthy, if a Kyrie Irving was healthy. So they're maximizing these opportunities to show what? That they can play this game at the highest level, that they can be on this platform. And every time you go out there, let's just face it, you're auditioning not only for your coach and the organization, but so many different organizations around the league. Karan, what does Philadelphia need to to take that next step? I know J.J. Redick has got a contract where that expires after this season. You'd, you'd like to have him back. But what are they missing? What what could you add to that team that could prevent an earlier exit like you had this season? Hey, listen, I you know I personally think that it really came down to the adjustments on the fly, and that comes down to the coaching. I feel like they had the advantage on that end, them being Boston. I feel like Brett Brown did an excellent job of just trying to keep those guys engaged and motivated. They came out there and put their best foot forward. They did not quit on him, you know, because that's extremely deflating if you're expected to win the series. And I I feel like they just got ahead of themselves. They celebrated a little bit too much in the first round, getting the victory over the Miami Heat. You saw the, the all the celebration going on in the locker room. And you got to have a short memory. You know, you can't celebrate too much. You can't get too high, can't get too low, but you got to be somewhere in between. When you're when you're in the playoffs and in the marathon of the playoffs, trying to get to the home stretch and possibly make it to the finals, so you know they fell a little short. They're an exciting team to watch. They're going to be good in the future, but you have to do a better job of adjusting on the fly and adapting to your personnel, understanding that they're going to play Ben Simmons a certain way. 
Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon here from the Geico Studios. Dan Byer in for Jason tonight on the hotline with us. Our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio. Again, catch him Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon Western, uh, West Coast, uh, Pacific Time, 12 to 3 Eastern. It's Karan Butler, NBA champion, 2011. You see him on FS1, contributing there. And obviously here, find him on Twitter at Real Tough Juice. Real T U double F Juice on Twitter. Give him a follow. Uh, Karan, switching over to the West, we got plenty of time to break down Celtics and LeBron James. We, I think we'll be talking for a month before they play any more games. But let's talk about Chris Paul a, a night ago, <laughs> right? He steps up with a 41-point performance, no turnovers, just a masterful performance, at least for a moment, silencing the critics and pushing away some of those playoff demons. So for him, he advances to a conference finals. I'm just looking squarely at James Harden and his 40% shooting in this last round is something I'm pretty nervous about heading into a matchup with Golden State. Listen, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the the rhythm of James Harden, but they said he was a little under weather. He wasn't feeling good. Chris did an excellent job of addressing that, you know, post game because a lot of people thought that that looked like James Harden of a past where, you know, you saw him kind of disappear in the playoffs, wasn't a better version of himself. But that's the reason why you bring a guy like Chris Paul there. Because he's a guy that can put the ball in his hand, you know, distribute the basketball, score the basketball, which you saw. And, you know, they're going to have, he's going to have to play at this rate for four to five games at least in this next series. And it's going to, he's going to play at this rate and possibly lose in games, but he's going to have to be that offensive threat, which we now see that he can be. And he's preserved himself enough this season because. He's playing with another button superstar. It has to be a big series for Chris Paul going forward. Along those lines, we just saw a Celtics team with a lot of guys step up. Even if Harden and Paul are on top of their games, is that still enough to beat Golden State? Are, are they going to need Clint Capella to continue to play at the level that he's playing at or Eric Gordon to step up? Or can they get it done even if James Harden and Chris Paul play at their best? Well, you just did an excellent job of talking about Chris Paul, you know, addressing his biggest nemesis, and that's getting to the conference finals. But now D'Antoni and the team that's been led, any D'Antoni team that's ever been coached is now having to address that biggest nemesis in his defense. I don't have any issues with them scoring the basketball, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to outscore Golden State. I think you have to hang your hat on the defensive end of the floor. You have to buy into that. And if you can do that for an entire series against Golden State, you give yourself a fighter's chance. But mind you, they struggled playing against Utah. And that was just one dominant guy, and that guy being a rookie. You know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, pretty much had put a lot of stake offensively and, and put a lot of pressure on them defensively where they couldn't just home in on him. And they made it an interesting series, so... Houston has to do an excellent job and a better job going forward if they want to have a shot. Looking at that Mitchell 22-point third quarter and then obviously leaves with the injury. Uh, with Golden State, I found it interesting, the Draymond Green comments of just, hey, it's time to play. Because for the regular season, Steve Kerr was complaining about getting to the All-Star game. They they didn't look like they much were, were concerned about any of that. So... In this last series, we see him step forward and start playing on another level. I, I'm afraid that we just see an annihilation, Karan. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's 
that's what I feel too. You know, looking at the post game and listening to Draymond Green saying, "Look, they wanted us. They said it. They, they, they you know, management said it, owners said it. You know, like, and, and look, be careful what you ask for because here we come. You know, they got, you know, they ready. You know, and they clicking on all cylinders defensively. They played exceptionally well. They handled their business against the Pelicans. Uh, Steph Curry came back in just the nick of time to, you know, get back in shape, get into a game flow, get his rhythm. He's poised. He's ready. Kevin Durant, you saw his demonstration of what he pulled off. Draymond Green is playing pretty much the best basketball I've seen him play in some time. And what I mean by that is that not only is he rebounding the ball, assisting the ball, being a defensor uh, on, on, on the defensive end, doing all those things, but he's knocking down shots from the outside on a consistent basis, and they're going to need that from him. Great stuff, Karam Butler. You'll hear him here t- tomorrow night with Dan yes, Byer for three hours here from the Geico Studios, 8 to 11 Pacific. Time I've, you're hearing us now. I've already got something up my sleeve for tomorrow night for Karan, okay? Something up my sleeve. Don't want to give it away, but we'll we'll have some fun tomorrow night. Absolutely. That means he's wearing a shirt, Karan, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Two-time All-Star NBA champion, our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio, Karan Butler on the hotline. Appreciate you, Karan. Thanks for the info and insight, and we'll talk to you soon. Anytime, brother. See you tomorrow. Be good. Karan Butler, uh, follow him again on Twitter, at RealToughJuice, Real T-U-F-F, Juice on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow. You can follow Dan at Dan Byer on Fox. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, we're going to play the which veteran gets back onto a professional field first. And no, Brett Favre's not one of the candidates. Greetings. Welcome back in the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. I'm Mike Harmon. Jason Smith off tonight. Dan Byer in for him. You find him at Dan Byer on Fox. Find me over at Swollen Dome. And there's great news. There's a quick way you could save money. You can switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Remember this one? Two, three, four. How long (laughs) has this been going on? How long has this been going on? The dulcet tones. How this has caught on, I don't know. Well, we're getting ready to get back into NFL mode, right? Now we've had the draft. We've had... Lots of time to break down the draft. We've had suspensions. Mark Ingram is suspension upheld, which means we'll shuffle up our fantasy football draft boards a little bit. You know, Weird Al Yankovic cornered the market on parody songs. Sure he did, yeah. But I think he left a little sliver for sports parody songs. So you can slide in a, how long has this been going on? And just All you got to need is just 10 tracks and it's an album and... Why are we not doing that, Dan? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, we'll have to secure the rights to said songs, sure. which might cost us a pretty penny, so we'll have to go back into public domain or maybe some of those songs where the uh, royalty fees are, are going to be a little bit less, but I think we could pull that off. I have a feeling. I don't know. Just is it, This is uh, Ace, right? This, Yeah, I have a feeling Ace is good with us. Like, they'll... Uh, no, it is not Ace of Base. <laughs> no, no, no. I saw Ace. the sign... Yes. And the sign said the Sixers are done <laughs> for this campaign. We'll get some post-game reaction. Joel Embiid meeting with the media now. 114-112, your final in dramatic fashion. Uh, Marcus Smart, the hero of the day. Again, taking uh, the bumps down low, tip backs. And he had the interception at the end as ESPN's play-by-play wrote Ben Simmons' bad pass on that court <laughs> length of the court. L- opportunity he should get 
as much. He played a role in the Sixers not winning this series. And kudos to Brad Stevens of the Celtics for being able to magnify the weaknesses of Ben Simmons. That is unfair. Okay, <laughs> that there is nothing you can do about just throwing it down. They've got to figure out a different way <laughs> to score that in the game play by play. Bad There's, pass, Dan. What you, <laughs> pass was intercepted. Is with, that a turnover? With no, That's the worst turnover that you'll yeah. ever have assessed. With your no timeouts, under three seconds and down two, you have to throw it eighty feet. It's not a good pass if you would throw it two feet in and launch an eighty footer. <laughs> Well, he would have completed the pass. Isn't that what we're talking about? QBR and yeah, uh, right? no completion kidding. percentages Seriously. going all ch- captain check down kind of opportunities. Hey, two uh, older, elder statements are in the news. Uh, as This is my favorite headline that ca- encapsulated this, so this is what I, I looked at a little bit earlier. Mississippi State, former Mississippi State star Rafael Palmero signs deal to play professional baseball at 53. Yes, Rafael Palmero, 3,000 hits, his 500 home runs. Well, he's not closed the door. He wants to go back to work and play some more baseball. He signed a contract to play with the Cleburne Railroaders of the Independent American Association, according to a report from the Dallas Morning News. I'm looking forward to it. Nobody gave me a chance to go to spring training. Go figure. So I'll take this path. Interesting note. They're actually... actually Changing their name to the Railroaders when oh, he nice. joins the team. There you go. So there you, you've got that. They're going to have a special hat with a needle and uh, some juice dripping from it as well. I think that's great. How the heck does, if his son is 28 years old, maybe he played in Class A, in, you know, in, in, in the minor leagues at some point, and now maybe is taking a last chance at playing independent baseball. But it's not like, hey, my kid's 19. You know, like I, I, I could get a chance to play. There's a pretty like his son's been playing baseball for a while. Why this didn't happen earlier, I'm not sure. But maybe it it's seems, it's almost yeah. time that his son's done. So they figured they'd oh. give it one go before you might. They'll have the giveaway right away of a wagging finger. Yeah. Maybe that's one <laughs> that you stick on the finger. back of a car. Yeah, you get the foam finger, but then you get one to take away that you stick on the back of the car and it waves as you drive through. The other story this came through a, a bit yesterday was that Kurt Warner, he of the Hall of Fame. Earlier this offseason, as Jason Witten was announced as a part of the Monday Night Football broadcast crew, it was reported that Warner was a bit miffed and kind of ticked off that that job wasn't his. But he addressed the comeback potential for 2018. I was actually ready for this coming season. I actually talked to a coach, and my wife said, go for it. I think it would be great. So I actually talked to a coach about possibly doing it if they needed someone, but then they went out and signed somebody. I don't think they thought I was serious. And uh, so I think we're completely done now. He's hanging out with Brad Stevens in a bathroom it's, <laughs> somewhere. It's the Tony Romo recording studios. Remember when Romo did that yes. announcement that was made, I think, in a John because of the echoes? That actually, I think, is boombox taped off of a TV. Oh, nice. That's what, because you can hear the generation. Why do football players and baseball players think they could do this? I, I want to know what the team was. Was he going to go back to Arizona behind that sieve-like offensive line? <laughs> My goodness. If you're in the NBA, I think you could go in and get off a shot. Be a spot-up three-point yeah. shooter, just hang out at yeah. the arc? What are you, third and 17? You got to put Kurt Warner in there? Yeah, behind that sieve offensive now, line. Be, for... To be fair, third and 17, Phillip Rivers still is slinging it. And he, he doesn't move any better than Kurt Warner. Yeah, well, he's not 47 years old, though. Who knows how far he can throw You him. don't know that. You've seen his birth certificate? I have an idea. Coming up next, we talk more Sixers, Celtics, 
and conference finals talk. Greetings, welcome in. Fox Sports Radio, Hour 2 of the program, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Jason Smith off tonight hiding his head in shame after the Mets bat out of order. That's something you do in Little League when the little kid runs up there and you got to pitch in before you recognize what's happening because you're making sure everybody's got their juice or whatever they need to be happy on the bench. Uh, So he's hiding out. Uh, Tomorrow morning you'll be able to hear him from 6 to 9 Pacific uh, alongside Doug Gottlieb. In for him tonight, Dan Beyer, my tag team partner on Fox Sports Sunday on Sunday mornings from, well, 6 to 9 a.m. Pacific, 9 to 12 in the East at Dan Beyer on Fox. Dan, we got to watch what was, even though a five-game series, highly entertaining what I guess we would probably call round one if we're hoping wishing and looking ahead at the NBA for years to come. It assumes health, assumes contracts, assumes a lot of things, but at least for one night, we had a fantastic finish as the Celtics finish off the Sixers with a two-point victory. Yeah, and when you look at what you've got in the future, free agency changes everything. Three years ago, we wouldn't be dreaming of the matchups that we would have in the Western Conference. Maybe we thought there would be, maybe we thought Warriors Thunder would be the matchup that we would continue to see because it would be Durant and Westbrook against Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Well, Thunder Warriors is still must-see TV, but for other reasons. It's more of the the Durant-Westbrook dynamic. Chris Paul and the Rockets, uh, Chris Paul ends up joining the Rockets last offseason. Guess what? The Rockets even more so now in that conversation. But things can change, Mike, with free agency. This is going to stick around for a while because of the core that is in place, and that is something that we have to look forward to. Yes, the Sixers have decisions to make on what they want to do with J.J. Redick this offseason, maybe try to bring him back, but the core is there with their young guys. The core is there with Boston, and you throw in Kyrie Irving and, and Gordon Hayward. That's something to look forward to. Things could change all the way around, but yes, to your point, This is going to be the first of many that you are going to see, and it's going to be something that we are going to watch, just like you did in the the early to mid-80s when it was Dr. J and Moses Malone going up against the Celtics. This is what you're going to get now with these two cores. And as Jason and I have discussed, and you and I, uh, the two different conversations that lead us back to this path is two different versions of the process, as it were, the Sixers and the tanking and the hanky uh, world of trying to make sure you get your top draft picks mm-hmm. and get it working that way. And then finally, a couple of these guys actually get to play a full season together, and we have the emergence of Simmons. We have the growth of Embiid as a not only a star on the court, but a guy that the league can push because he's gregarious and, and outgoing in interviews. He's at the home run derby and saying, hey, look, I snagged a couple of home runs, all of those kind of things. On the other side, you've got the Celtics team and how they've done it through a, a number of trades. I tweeted out at Swollen Dome a couple of days ago. There was a great article that went painstakingly through all the steps of this roster turnover, but one of them stands out and means these teams are inextricably linked for as long as they're playing, and that's the trade that's between number one and number three this past year. So Markel Fultz, who played zero minutes in this series, 23 minutes for the playoffs overall, and Jason Tatum, who shown and will now be the guy thrust forward as they go into this matchup against LeBron James. A big misconception, and, and maybe it's just me getting the sense of what everything is out there, Mike, 
but is that people think that the Celtics are a bunch of also rants without Kyrie Irving. You see first-round pick after first-round pick on that team. Al Horford, first-round pick. Terry Rozier, first-round pick. Jalen Brown, first-round pick. Uh, Marcus Morris was a first-round pick in his day. Shane Larkin, who didn't play tonight, first-round pick. Marcus Smart, like, they are first-rounders, and they got those picks because of that trade they did with the Brooklyn Nets, or at least some of those picks, and they were able to, to, to make decent selections. But it's the one deal, and that happened last summer, Mike, that I think is going to stick. And I think it is going to be a DL that can define an organization. You've seen this in sports, and I tweeted this out earlier tonight. The Portland Trailblazers went to NBA Finals in 1990 and 1992. Had a great run during the Clyde Drexler, Jerome Kersey, Terry Porter years. Rick Adelman being their head coach for a majority of their success during that time in, in, in building up and leading them to two finals. But throughout Michael Jordan's career, the Portland Trailblazers weren't one of the top thing, teams in the West. They were the team that passed on Michael Jordan. And they were the team that passed on Michael Jordan when they already had Clyde Drexler, and you still had that comparison when they weren't even in the same conference. And when you look at this Markel Fultz-Jason Tatum connection, and you see what Boston was able to do, Philly, remember, traded up from three to get Fultz, essentially passing on Jason Tatum Tatum and allowing him to go to the Boston Celtics. There are deals that organizations will always rue the day that they made those choices to not pick a player. I think this is one that the Philadelphia 76ers organization is going to rue and maybe defined Mike. Jason Tatum just completed his seventh straight game of scoring 20 points or more. That means all five games in this playoff series that the Celtics knocked off the Sixers, he was scoring 20 points. They had an opportunity to take Jason Tatum number one, and they didn't. And they took Markel Fultz and his whole process. And, and uh, no pun intended. I, well, there, no, but, hey, use use it because there's certainly steps to this yeah. of even reclaiming a, a role on this team. And to get to any level of prominence, it's a long road mm-hmm. for Markel Fultz from where he's sitting right now. You've got a rebuilt jump shot. You have the, the injuries that he sustained that was nebulous and really – I don't know that we ever got a straight answer with anything on that. And now you've got to figure out where he fits in rotationally and, and the expectations that come once he's back on the court. This trade is going to haunt the 76ers for years to come. You face Jason Tatum and the Celtics four times a year. You're in the same division. You're going to end up facing him in the playoffs time and time again. You also took a player in Markel Fultz who didn't have a jump shot, but you thought, oh, we could turn him into a point guard. Well, well, then what the heck were you going to do with Ben Simmons? Uh, Well, another guy who's a point guard without a jump shot. Yeah, so you traded up to get another point guard in a transformation product. Fultz, a shooting guard, is impossible because he can't shoot. So just the whole thought process of them doing that, which then allowed the Celtics to take Jason Tatum, this is going to rue, the Sixers are going to rue the day they did this deal for the next 10 to 15 years. You will not forget about this. You don't, you don't, when the Packers and Niners played, you never forgot. You, you, you never forgot that San Francisco took Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers actually got sick of talking about it, saying, sure. all right, at what point are we going to pass this? For the Portland Trailblazers, it was a good 20 years. Heck, we still talk about it to this day, about them passing on Michael Jordan. I'm not saying Jason Tatum is going to be the best player to ever play the game, but the fact is, is that the Sixers in their deal set up the Boston Celtics even more for a run that they're going to have to compete against in the next 10 or 15 years. Those are the decisions that affect an organization for a long time span 
and I think it's going to happen with the Sixers. Yeah, I think it's funny when you're talking about the Celtics and the way they're built and you look down and they are first-round picks. I think there's just a, a chasm between a guy who's a top five and the 14th, 16th, mm-hmm. 17th. Because a lot of those guys are mid-round picks that are on the Celtics. They're still yeah, first yeah. round, but I, I think just the, the public consciousness and certainly the way it's portrayed in the media is you get so much more love or derision on your accomplishments or failures if you have a one through five next to your sure, name fair enough. versus versus a mid-round pick. And I think what Boston's done with those mid-round guys should perhaps be applauded more, but they're not seen. It's almost like there's two rounds before you get to mm-hmm. the second round. It's like, here's your top five. Yep, yeah. The rest of this is the also-rans, and then the second-round guys who are lucky to make a team. Yeah, I mean, you look at the picks that were outside the top five that are stars in the NBA right now. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Giannis, and Tedekumpo. But looking at what the Sixers put together, just the guys in in you know the, in this playoff of right. what we've we've had. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of talent there. So so Boston isn't completely short. They're short-handed depth wise, but the players that they have at least were somewhat substantial. But I, the the Tatum move with his seventh straight game of twenty points or more as a rookie to do this against the 76ers, the team. That allowed the sell that they essentially said, "Go ahead, boss." You knew Lonzo was going to the Lakers, right? Right. I, I mean, so they are going to rue the day in Philadelphia that they allowed Jason Tatum to go to the Celtics. Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon, Dan Byer in for Jason Smith tonight, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com and get yourself a free rate quote. Brad Stevens didn't get any votes for the Coach of the Year. His peers decided to snub him professional jealousy he's already been there and done that with a number one seed the year before whatever the reason was it doesn't much matter but he's heading for a date with lebron james here he is talking about his clinching victory tonight over the sixers i thought they were great um all night i thought we ended the first half on a, on a real flurry um but anytime we got any semblance of lead or cushion they crushed it right away i mean for to go to from down six to up four the way they did in the last four minutes. It's hard to do um, when this place is rocking like that and they, you know, they have a heck of a team and really um, poised and hard to beat. Brad, here on your left, Sarah Todd, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Philly.com. Uh, Redick and Ilyasova missed a lot of shots, a lot of wide-open looks late in the game. You coming away thinking... Like, we're lucky that they just didn't hit, knock those down in those moments? Well, I think uh, Ilya Silva hit the one in the fourth. Uh, Reddick's last shot was incredible that he made. Um, he missed at least one open one that I remember vividly where we just lost him at the start of the second half and one in the fourth. You know, our goal on Reddick is you're not going to play perfect, but you just got to be there as much as humanly possible and hope there's a cumulative effect. But... It's not usually the case, you know. I thought we missed some shots too. That happens, um, but you know, they're special because they just keep coming. You know, the Covington threes were huge. The Ilyasova is the one that he made. The Sarge three in transition, like Embiid was a joke. How good he was tonight guarding him in the post was really tough. So I got a lot of a lot of guys that can do a lot of stuff. Coach Owen Pence, Boston Globe. Can you just explain the decision to double Joel in the post there and, and what went into that? He had to look like he was going to get where he wanted to go. And we had two bigs with four fouls. So oh, I felt like we were uh, 
I felt like if if we were going to play Al the whole fourth quarter that with four fouls, then he was going to have to be. We're going to have to double the post because if you just let him bang, 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 put you in a precarious position where you're either going to foul or give up a layup. Brian Rob, Boston Sports Journal. Brad, uh, Marcus Smart just seemed like in the last few minutes of that game, he was everywhere on both ends of the floor. Can you just touch on just the the impact he had? Yeah, and, and again at the start, like when things weren't going as smooth, I thought he settled us down with his post ups and with his play around the rim, and uh, he made some great passes. You know, um, he's he's made for this. Like he's made for these moments, and that's the thing that we just keep talking about. Like. You know, we can go through a stat line all you want, but you know, he when it's when it's when your seasons are on the line and when you're in the playoffs and when you've got to do really hard things, he can do really hard things. There you have it, Brad Stevens, some of his post game press conference. The did you get lucky? No. I mean guys are gonna miss shots. I mean, you you gotta ask the, the question because they got open looks. They certainly had their opportunities. The doubling of Joel Embiid. He was a guy trying to play like a man possessed. He wanted this more. And that's one of those things. The I want guys that are going to try to die inside the white lines for the 48 minutes. You saw with Joel Embiid, he wasn't ready to, for this season to end. He even took the mask off, decided, I'm done. I'm going back to, to basics. You know, Aaron Baines' contribution to this team cannot be understated. They are, I mean, they're shorthanded as it is. But him and Al Horford have to man the middle, and they're they're the only answers yeah. that they had. And so now you you have a series where the Sixers were able to try to take advantage of it, and Baines hit some good shots as well. Now, they they weren't stopping and beating Charlotte down low, but at least they did enough and and hung in there. And I mentioned Brad earlier, Brad Stevens, knowing the weakness of the Sixers, he knows his weak his team's weaknesses as well. Trying to make up for them somewhat, they they were able to escape tonight and get the win in advance, but. He knew that they were in trouble down low. As John Calipari said once upon a time, succeed and proceed. Succeed and proceed. He actually said it twice. Succeed, succeed and, proceed. and proceed. So <laughs> Brad Stevens and the Celtics on to face the Cavaliers. That series will begin Sunday. The Western Conference, Rockets and Golden State, uh, they'll, they'll get it started on Monday night. So some days off from your NBA action and a lot of time to do computer simulations. Coming up next, a former Secretary of State weighs in on the state of college athletics payment of players. One of our favorite topics. Dan and I dive into this next. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon here on Fox Sports Radio. Because if you just let him bang, bang, bang. Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. I feel like I should dance. Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon here for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Dan Byer, my tag team partner, Fox Sports Sunday, in with me today. Jason Smith off tonight. Dan will be in tomorrow night with Karam Butler. We'll hear from him just a little while from now. Uh, former All-Star, former champion. Well, always a champion for the rest of his life. Yes, and we'll be recapping the NBA games that won't be played tomorrow because we now have to wait until Sunday for the conference finals to start. Well, you'll be able to break down some pitching rotation depth across Major League <laughs> Baseball, maybe some day baseball highlights to play along. You follow him on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Coming up in about 20 minutes from now, we'll play the feud. One of our staples on Fox Sports Sunday, we bring it the Fox family 
Justin Frostberg, Tom Looney, Alex Tyshirt, all getting involved as we play that. And in 10 minutes, we'll hear from the losing locker room to steal a little bit of turn of phrase from Tom Looney. But the commission, the commission on college basketball and Condoleezza Rice standing up and, and talking about their findings. I, I like the commission on college basketball. It makes it sound all serious because you're trying to get to the bottom of a lot of scandals, trying to get through some of the processing uh, of different events. They talk about transfer rules, all of those things. But at the heart of it, we're all worried about dollars and cents. And we've had a lot of people in the news, mothers of athletes getting involved. You saw it uh, out of Duke of, well, actually using the term slavery as related to college athletics Ridiculous. Uh, along the way. Exactly. And we all just shake our head wondering about it. You, you want to say, hey, I want a, a wage uh, as well as my scholarship. We can have that conversation to, in this day and age use the term slavery so so just perilously in conversation talking about a Duke education that's worth some $55,000 a year or thereabout when you're all in uh, is ridiculous. But Condoleezza Rice sounds like she's echoing and has listened to the show and has downloaded the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and given it five stars, so I owe her a <laughs> hug. But... Here was a statement she told USA Today Sports earlier. We believe that students ought to be able to benefit from name, image, and likeness, but you can't decide a program until you know the legal parameters. That was the point. I think some of the commentary suggested we didn't speak on this issue. I think we did. It's just that we understand there's a legal framework that has to be developed first. And we go back all these years from video game likenesses in the Ed O'Bannon case, from people trying to compete in the Olympics to most recently getting exemptions to go on dancing with the stars because it wasn't quote basketball related, even though the only reason you would be picked for such a show is that, well, you hit a couple of big buzzer yeah, beater it's shots. It's an athlete show, you know, like, like, like that's, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So you have all of these different disconnects along the process. I think everybody on some level sees the giant mountain of money being made and being paid by broadcasting companies from Fox to CBS to ESPN, ABC, go on down the line, everybody involved. And there's just a mountain of cash and pile and and a fleet of Brinks trucks. So how do you disseminate that back into the athletes? It's, it's not an easy equation. I think as she relates it here, you know, we, we've long, Proffered on the thought on Sunday mornings of the look, if you've got an athlete that can make money off their name, they should be allowed to do it, whether it's the quarterback at insert school here or the point guard for a big time college buckets team that you should be able to do it and just go on down every other sport. If you can monetize it, sell t shirts because you're the fastest guy on the track team, have at it. Yeah, good luck making money, you know, but hey, if you can, go right ahead. And that's that's the biggest issue with, because, Mike, there's, there was always a conversation of, should student-athletes be paid? Well, student-athletes at schools for, and we've talked about this, 90% of the programs, not athlete numbers, but 90% of the programs at a school don't make money. They're all in the red, absolutely. They, they, they don't make money. The programs that make money most commonly across the landscape of college sports are football and men's basketball. 
and there may be some one-offs here and there, or a, or a program is a good baseball team, or maybe a good softball team, right. or a good U- women's basketball your UConn team. women's yeah. team, Tennessee Hockey. for years. All yes, those. absolutely. Those may make money as well. However, a majority of the the programs, athletic programs, don't make money, men or women. And if this was a normal business, it wouldn't make sense to keep that business going if it was constantly in the red, as you mentioned. This was the only way that made sense. It wasn't, hey, all athletes, don't pay any of the athletes. That, th- that, was, never, that was never it. I remember 20-some years ago when Chris Weber talked about walking by a store. Oh, the bookstore. I, I learned yes. to play violin so I could yeah. work you know, behind that one. But isn't, isn't like that the point? That isn't paying athletes or not paying athletes. He's just saying, why can you make money off of mm-hmm. this even though I'm the one that's making this jersey popular? Right, even if it only says the number four on there and doesn't yeah. have his name, why are you buying it? Yes. Because I'm wearing yes, number exactly. four. exactly. And so you can take everything out of the other arguments never made sense. This makes sense. It's funny that you needed a committee to realize this, but because a third of Sports Talk Radio has been saying this for years, depending on what side you're on, but that was the only thing that I think is it's the only way that you could make sense of how to allow athletes to at least make cash. This reminds me of when I worked at Yahoo and I was helping in the building the sports brand, right? So we're building the fantasy games. We're building the editorial side of things before I started transitioning more into the personality phase of things, nuts and bolts of messaging FAQs. If you had a problem Mm -hmm. with the games or the sites, we helped you get through and navigate and got you set with rules and help and everything else. But on the organizational side, you'd have meetings and start talking about your future. All right, six months, we want to have this build and we want to make this more intuitive and all these things. And eventually the consultants came in from the outside, right? They cut a massive check, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars to do the meetings that we had. And what did they do? They talked to those of us that already had the ideas and the PowerPoint presentations. And pretty much they recreated whatever we did, and that was their presentation, for which they got to bill (laughs) hundreds of thousands of dollars. So when I finished my MBA, I really, on some level, rue the day that I I didn't go down that path. Because, I mean, mean, I I don't want to say it was stealing money, but having watched it happen and sitting in the presentation of, that was your idea, those three are mine, that was his from the other. (laughs) like All they're doing is regurgitating what we did. They consolidated it. We could have done that. We should have done that and saved a lot of money and given everybody bonuses. But that's what it feels like here is it's the idea that's been out there. And now you're just pushing this. But now you're you're starting the clock of when you actually might implement something, which should have been running all these years. The cross-country runner at a Big Ten school is not going to be able to to sell a T-shirt with them running on it. If they do and you print out 100 T-shirts, you're probably not going to sell too many. That is also a program that is not going to make money. If the same athlete at this or the the same school, a different athlete on the football program, likely able to make something because their program is popular and makes money, that makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. And 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 I, and I know we're, we're short on time, Mike. But for anybody who thinks that this is going to widen the gap or this would widen the gap in college sports, meaning the Alabamas and the Ohio States and the Texases and the, the Georgias and the LSUs get richer, it's, it's exactly the opposite. Because if you're a star running back and you want you say, hey, 
Maybe I can go to, and I'll just use my alma mater because they put up pretty good running backs. Instead of going to Alabama and waiting a couple of years behind the stud running backs, I'll go to Wisconsin where they've got an opening and I can run behind a huge offensive line. And guess what? The T-shirts that I sell in Madison would be the same ones that I would sell in Tuscaloosa, but I'm able to do it two years earlier. Like, that's the decisions that you would get from recruits if you're looking at it in a monetary way. That would that would even out the playing field. You would see athletes going to different schools because they would have an opportunity for more playing time and to get their brand out there instead of maybe sitting on the bench and waiting for the, the senior running back or the senior quarterback. It would even things out more than people realize because you're not selling nationally. You'd be selling locally to your town, your city, your county. That's Which is your all state. you're doing on the college side yep. anyway, and that's the criticism to some degree, except for marquee matchups, that it's all regionalized anyway. Yeah. Who, who in college football this past year, and I know we got to we, we, can we do this on the other side? Let's do we'll that. We'll continue okay. this, yeah. and we'll hear from Joel Embiid coming up next. But first, we step out to the award-winning update anchor, Tom Looney. Hi. He's curling a big cup of coffee <laughs> right now, and we find out what's trending. Well, with the Me Too movement still in full force, Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia has landed in the middle of a scandal, not for any recent actions, but for an alleged rape in 1996, according to Texas court records anyway. Patricia was charged in 1996 with aggravated sexual assault. He was never prosecuted, and the case was eventually dismissed. Details are pretty ugly. Sixers, Celtics, game five, came down to the final shot. What more could you ask for? Holding it. Long touchdown pass. Knocked away. Picked off by Marcus Smart. He fires the ball into the air. It crashes to the ground as the Philadelphia 76ers season comes to an end. An instant classic of a series in a rivalry renewed. And the Boston Celtics have survived four games to one. And that's how we let the sound tell the story. Sean Grande with the call, 98.5 FM, the Sports Hub in Boston. 114-112 was the final score. Eastern Conference Finals. Game one, Sunday, on the American Broadcasting Company, better known by its gangster name, ABC. Yankees-Red Sox went at it in a game tonight with first-place implications. Bronx Bombers won it 5-4. to four. Yankees take over first place. The American League East. New York's won eight in a row and 18 of 19. And now two guys who apparently play tag on Sundays. Mike Harmon and his tag team partner, Dan Beyer, on Fox Sports Radio. That just means we're kicking ass and taking names on Sunday okay. mornings. Oh, oh excuse me. Now, when is the show on? What's it called? It's called Fox Sports Sunday. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a, that's a clever nice, name. Nice and easy. I, I know okay. one thing, Tom Looney. You're not it. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to you wow. bring, the, bring the flames. I'll bring the heat, Tom Looney. <laughs> I don't know if that's heat, but it's very, you know. pun, it's very punny. Duck, duck, goose. I don't know. Whatever game we play next. I'll tell Thanks. You what, another thing yeah. is I, I'm not normally up that early, so that's why I had to ask. Plus, I wanted to pro you guys. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you should get up. Six to nine Pacific <laughs> time, nine oh. to 12 that's in the East. birth. Hey. Yes. Folks getting up, having a cup of coffee, maybe going to services, maybe getting a little Sober long. people. <laughs> okay. How, do, how does a nice serving of hot takes and sausage That's right. sound oh, on a Sunday very morning? Good. Yeah. Oh, I might get up now. There, yeah. there you have it. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Am I on? Yeah, there you're still on. It's easy to save 50% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. As we are discussing this Commission on College Basketball, the chairperson Condoleezza Rice defending the 
group's work and talking about the payment of players, saying that, yes, in theory, we get to the point where players are able to make money off their names, images, and likenesses, but recognizing that there is a long process and legal work that has to be done. You start thinking about Title IX, you start thinking about all the other things that are into the and have been put into the code of the NCAA that you have to navigate here. But for the players themselves, the opportunity to merchandise, and we see between social media how clever people can be and start building their fan bases as they're the hot new recruit to college XYZ, that maybe you you have that opportunity and you start, as you said, you you start spreading those recruits out because it's another place now that the coaching staff, they've got to hire new assistants because you got job creation in the college football, college basketball, and other worlds as well, because they're going to want to be able to talk to people about, hey, here's our reach. Here's our merchandising. Something that a coach trying to get him to play defensive end, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, but now you've got a branding person who gets to be on staff. Well, and I think that if you look at it and you look at it and say, how do we police 10,000 student athletes? That isn't the problem. You're really policing. I don't know, hundred small percentage. Yeah, right. I, I, the I stars, mean, the biggest stars, right? The people that get into the Heisman consideration and the stars, and yeah. it's and it's regionalized, and, right? Because it's going to be like jersey sales to a degree, right? When we look at the Green Bay Packers, right? Just from a, an NFL perspective, I guess you've got the jersey sales, and then can you create the cartoon caricatures or whatever else based on your personality? A tattoo you may have. Can you go and merchandise that? Now, the tattoo artist, as we've seen, will come and sue you uh, if you start making that famous and profiting off it. But we'll leave that aside. But you look at a team like the Steelers or the Packers, where guys that are backup cornerbacks, they still carry their jerseys in some of the shops because there's enough of a rabid fan base. And there's, to your alma mater, Wisconsin, and some others, there's going to be the opportunity, even if you're not a prominent player, to make cash. But those are the exception rather yeah. than the rule. And if you're a college, you look at back at the college football season last year, and this is why it's so regionalized and so local, whether it comes out to state, county, or city, depending on what program you're in. There were maybe, I don't know, just two off the top of my head, two jerseys that you could buy in college football last year that were that would be nationwide: a Baker Mayfield jersey. And a Saquon Barkley jersey. Yep. Maybe a Jalen Hurts because he was still the quarterback of Alabama doing in there. But realistically, you are selling those jerseys in your local market in your area, whether it be a county or state. And that's what we're talking about. If the backup offensive lineman at Colorado has a deal with a Boulder car dealership to go and sign autographs and people want to come by to get the backup right guards autograph, hey. More power to them, you know. Like if, a couple hundred bucks, yeah. I'll I'll work on the blocking I, sled I, with you. Seriously, like like w- there is there is nothing wrong with that. And there are some fan bases and some heck, in the SEC. If that if that happens at at Mississippi State, Ole Miss, what people would go out and like, oh, he's a you know he's a bulldog. We're, we'll get him to sign this, or he, he's right. a Gator. Let's go over to you know Gainesville. Let's go over to the Oaks Mall in Gainesville. Let's see if he's signing there. That's those are all just problems that that people think are problems, but they aren't. They're solving themselves. And it, it's just, it's so, it might, it makes so much sense. And it's amazing that we needed a committee to figure it out. Let's get there. Cause then Dan and I can start reaching out and seeing if we can make some profit along the way as well. We're enterprising young lads. Can, can I read a funny tweet? Please uh, at, do. At Nightcrawler one tweeted in 
I like that Chris Webber walked by the bookstore and obviously not in it. Okay, that's a cheap shot at athletes not going to class. That's a that's a cheap shot. But they did do good lighting from underneath, so it looked majestic <laughs> in the window. So it had to make you take pause along the way. He's Dan Byer. I'm Mike Harmon. This is the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can find Dan on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Coming up next... We're going to step into the game show world that Dan Byer so wants to hold. He's building a studio in the back. The curtain's up. I saw it in the back hallway. We're going to play the feud next on Fox Sports Radio. I'm very, very excited about it. Greetings. Welcome back in to the Geico Studios, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. I'm Mike Harmon. Alongside me, Dan Byer, in for Jason Smith, still recovering from the Mets, batting out of order as if they were a bunch of eight-year-olds sprinting to get up to the plate. And the coach having no ability to call them back uh, the train wreck. As well as they've played in spots, there have been these moments that leave you scratching your head as we all await Matt Harvey's debut for the Reds. See him pitch a no-hitter so we can watch Smith pull out what would have been the rest of his hair. Find him on Twitter at Dan Byron Fox. Find me over at Swollen Dome. And Dan, I will lay it up to you in this great segment here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, it's time to... Play the feud with the Fox family here on Fox Sports Radio. Mike yeah, buddy. Harmon, Alex Tyshirt, Justin Frostberg, and Yo. Tom Looney make Hi, up how are you? Great to the be here. Fox family. No jingle necessary. Do I get to play my jingle? Top eight answers on the jingle? board. There's only one jingle That's on the right. feud. Thank you. And you're listening to oh. it right now. Yes, That's this right. is it. That Looney thing's got to go, man. It's not, it's not a solo don't, spot. Don't mess with me, Harmon. Yeah, I thought we erased that last week. Top eight answers on the board. Three strikes available and what I like to call a pass. And the pass allows you to pass on the answer. I will reveal one of the answers on the board. However, no one else can use it the rest of the game. Top eight answers on the board. There's a final four in the NBA. Rockets, Warriors, Celtics, Cavs all making it to the conference finals. Guys, top eight answers. Fewest conference finals appearances by an NBA franchise. A current NBA franchise. Who has the fewest conference finals appearances? Let's go to Tom Looney first. Tom, you are up. Okay, I will go with the Hornets. The Hornets, as you type feverishly. No, I didn't, I didn't get to type fast enough. Clickety, clickety, clack, clack, clack. Oh, what's the buzz all about? The Hornets have never made it to a conference Thank final. You. That Thank is so correct. Thank you. Let's go over to Mike Harmon. I'm going to take the chalk. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. Sorry, Scott Shapiro. The <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves. Playoff success. They're not too keen on it. Show me the Wolves. Howling with their one conference finals appearance in 2004. Timberwolves are off the board. Let's go to Justin Frostberg. Give me the L.A. Clippers, Dan. (laughs) Oh, there you go. That's cheating. Show me the Clippers. Hey, it's Easter. I found found an egg. Zero appearances for the Clippers in the conference finals. Sometimes you got to take the chalk, Dan. Yeah, it's easy. That's all right. Let's go over to Alex Teicher, the big A. Three for three so far, looking for the... U.S. Conference Finals appearance appearances by an NBA Man, franchise. I'm the wrong guy. Let me rub my temples here. Hey, that's my line. Oh, sorry, God. Can I get the uh, drops, Pacers, please? Indiana Pacers, a team that has had some had some success, yeah. made it to the finals with Reggie Miller. Show me Pacers. Uh, no. Oh. Looks like we were lapped on that one. Back around to Tom Looney. Only fitting, Tom. 
Five answers remaining. Fewest conference finals appearances by an NBA franchise. Okay, I'll go with the Toronto Raptors. How about the Toronto Heck, Raptors? They haven't been around that long, and when they've been around, they haven't been good. Show me Raptors. There it is. They're Thank one, you. One appearance two years ago in the conference finals. That's why uh, it's kind of been disappointing as of late. They've already been there. They've already been to the conference finals, but only one time. Four answers off the board as we go to Mike Harmon. Reminder that we're coming to you live from the Geico Studios. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. You can switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I'm going to stay out west. I'm going to go with the uh, Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, a mile-high franchise. Are they high enough to make the list? I guess you could say they aren't high enough. Only three conference appearances, <laughs> yeah, conference final appearances by the Denver Nuggets. They make our list coming in at number eight. Over to Justin Frostberg. Give me those Pelicans, Dan. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's there hardly any history, right? How Very big good. easy was That's that their one? Problem. There it Nicely is. Nicely done. Big easy. <laughs> Zero appearances. So the three NBA franchises who have never made a conference finals, Hornets, Clippers, and Pelicans, they're all off the board we also have the Timberwolves with one, Raptors with one, and Nuggets with three. Two answers left as we go to the Big A. Pass still available for Alex Tyshirt. You know what, Dan? I might not be the pro at sports takes like you guys, but I am a good driver, so I'll take the pass. Oh, he's taking boogity, the boogity, pass. boogity, 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 boogity. And with this, you reveal the Memphis Grizzlies. Just one conference finals appearance for the Memphis Grizzlies. Tom Looney. Yes. Pass is gone, but there are two strikes available, so there is a safety net if you get it wrong. Okay. Which is one answer less left. Fewest conference finals appearances by an NBA franchise. I will go with the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks. They had some good teams, but not great teams. That's right. They're all show, very, very good. Show me Hot Atlanta. No. Oh, wow. It's okay. on the shoulders of Mike Harmon. They're big, wide wow. shoulders. I've been reminded by several Hall of Famers. Uh, that, well, God left me a little short. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. How about the Sacramento Kings? The Sacramento Kings. For and Vladi Divac. For all the marble. Oh, Justin Frostberg, is this a good answer or not? I don't know. I don't know. They did play <laughs> it goes back to, it goes couple, back right? to Chris Webber, right? <laughs> he, sh- he shook his head. Alex Teichert, is this a good answer? Uh, I'm sweating on this one, Dan. I'm going to go with Mike, though. Show me. Show me the Kings. Do you guys want to take a guess at it? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. The Wizards. Was it the Wizards? No. Bullets were good back in the day. Bullets bullets back in the day. Dope. Yeah. How about if I gave you four letters? Back when you were 20. Four letters. Four letters. For a team with four. Oh, sons. Nets. This sec. This sec. I said four letters, and Foster says bulls. How do you spell bulls? Bulls. It was the N E. T.S. Nets. 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 There it was. They made it to two conference finals with Jason Kidd when they were in New Jersey. The only conference finals that they made it to and advanced to the NBA Coached by, by the great Byron Scott. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So there it is. The fewest appearances in the conference finals by NBA franchise. It's only appropriate. The Clippers, formerly in San Diego, uh, the San Diego Padres have never thrown a no-hitter, yet they are close to being no-hit. Seemingly every night. So it kind of goes through that futility cycle that we were talking about here. And now shuffle up and deal in terms of play. I'm very players. confused. Yeah. 
Well, that's what you do. You're, I, I may, I'm just excited you may or may not be paying attention for three well, or four minutes. Well, I, I will say this, too. Usually when, I, when, when we pull out these lists for the feud and we do fewest in the NBA, you can go to the, the expansion teams, the Raptors and Grizzlies, who obviously right. made this list. But there was also the expansion in the late 80s, uh, or early 90s, with the Timberwolves, Heat, Magic, and Hornets. Right. And the Heat and Magic aren't on this list. I mean, we obviously know Two the success. Two fantastic runs, Yeah, sure. the Heat, but the, the Magic, even with their finals appearance with Shaq and in, in 2009. Also a list that's hard to Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it really it takes more keyword searching. Yeah, you got you to work it. on your SEO. <laughs> At least I didn't do hockey conference finals. That would have been a little tougher. Well, we'll get to that maybe next time as we celebrate the Stanley Cup final. Leave off the S for saving. Thanks for playing, gentlemen. <laughs> right. That was fun and fantastic, and uh, we'll do it again another time. Coming up next, we'll get into Joel Embiid and the Sixers. They wave Goodbye to these NBA playoffs and bead with some great quotes and talk about his opponents. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Am I on? Come on in, if you will. Final hour of the program, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Head on over to geico.com. Get yourself a free rate. Quote, Jason Smith off tonight. The shame, the horror. Well, one of the Raptors prediction as they went out. Quietly, although we do have Jurassic Park here, so the Raptors do have a prominent role uh, and their season extended. We'll get into the coach of the year voting about 45 minutes from now. But Jason Smith is out, my tag team partner. You hear us every mo- Sunday morning, uh, Fox Sports Sunday, 6 to 9, Pacific 9 to 12 in the East. It's Dan Beyer. Find him on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox, of course, Monday through Friday. You can hear him on the Doug Gottlieb show from 12 to 3 Pacific, 3 to 6 Eastern time. Dan, we got to watch. A dandy today. Game five, yes, the series is over, but hopefully wetting our appetites for many years of good basketball to come. The fewest amount of games in a long time in a conference semifinals overall for the NBA. 19 was the official number, but you had two other series that were also 4-1s. And to be honest, Mike, none of them were remotely close to what we got between the Sixers and Celtics, which was a great series Four out of the five games really could have gone either way, in my opinion. Much different story out west with the Rockets beating the Jazz and the Warriors taking care of the, the Pelicans as they did. Pelicans maybe uh, had, you know, had opportunities here and there. But the, 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 the point is, is the Celtics and Sixers in a five-game series entertain us all and now kind of whets our appetite for what we could see from these teams because they're not perfect. They are flawed. But there's also some things that get you excited, the – further development of Joel Embiid, hopefully for the Sixers as well, the further development of Ben Simmons. You've got the Celtics getting Kyrie Irving back. So tonight, or the the game once tonight, was a good start to, to put a period on something that we should see for years and years to come. And now you also just kind of look ahead to Cavs-Celtics, which I think should be a great series in the Eastern Conference Finals. The different ways to a conference leading record, the different processes that were taken, the high draft picks, in Philadelphia, Ben Simmons will wait to see how his game evolves. Just 20 years old, still rounding into his body. 6'10". We saw him on the low block a bunch tonight. 114-112, your final, as the Celtics advance to take on the Cavaliers. But what you saw is a guy that doesn't have a jump shot yet. And that's the question. Does he develop a jump shot? Because right now you got shot doctors that have to attend to two patients. you got him, and you've got number one overall pick, Markel Fultz. We broke it down earlier in the show how the, they're inextricably linked forever because of the Fultz 
and Tatum trade one and three in this past year's draft. You can find the podcast as we finish up on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, the dulcet tones of Dan Beyer, breaking that down. Download it, give it five stars, we'll, and evangelize. We'll love you forever. But we have that storyline in the background. But for Ben Simmons, that's the one thing coming out of here. A couple of plays that'll stand out that if he could make a and stick a jump shot, how much differently you have to defend this team and oh, maybe yeah. open more space for Joel Embiid. Yeah, and open more space for J.J. Redick, who was shadowed by Jalen Brown a decent amount tonight as, as Brown was in the starting lineup for the Boston Celtics. But what you saw on Wednesday, especially early on in that Game 5, was that the Sixers and Ben Simmons specifically, he did not trust his game. He did not trust his shot. And so when you talk about trusting the process as a whole, and you talk about the process of fixing Ben Simmons' shot, Mike, he can work all offseason. But if he doesn't trust it, which is not an easy thing to just cure in four months, I think it's a year thing to be able to, to, to really trust that jump shot, this is going to be an ongoing theme for the Philadelphia 76ers in that jump shot. It is not going to be cleared and in, in taken care of in July and August and September of the upcoming offseason. That is not going to happen. It is going to be a year-long thing. Heck, you, you, you've seen it with other star players. You've seen it with LeBron. You've seen it with uh, Giannis in Milwaukee trying to add that to, to their game. Giannis has tried to add it to his game, and it's still not very good. Right. And this has been a you know a process, so that's, that's what the 76ers are going to be dealing with with Ben Simmons because it's not going to be an overnight fix and it's not going to be an offseason fix. It's going to be something that's around for a while, let alone the issues that you have with Mark Elfolds. Well, that's a whole other part of the equation that we'll watch as it unfolds. Uh, but it was a, a thriller tonight coming down to the wire. One of the things we also look at in terms of the, the growth of Simmons, the plus-minus numbers, uh, a bit terrifying if you look at it overall as well for this five-game series. Minus 13, minus 21, minus 23. Your best, he had one plus five. Otherwise, well, you're, you're looking at the deficiencies as well as he grows into, on that end of the court as well. Impact plays. That's what it's all about. The stat lines are fine. 18, 8, and 6, I think tonight was, yep. off the top of my head. That's fine. And if you, if if you didn't watch the game and you didn't see how it played out, you're like, oh, gosh, he was almost had a triple-double. But it was so not effective. It didn't impact things. The way that the Sixers got things done were at the basket with Embiid, with Sharich. Those were the ways that things got done. It's an empty stat line, even with the 18-8-6. They shoot 48.8% from the, from the field, 16 turnovers to the 10 for the Boston Celtics. And I think it's interesting when you see how the Cavaliers responded against the Raptors. LeBron James has been spectacular throughout this playoffs. But they wouldn't have had the time that they did against the Raptors or in closing out the Pacers without Kevin Love stepping up, without all of a sudden Tristan Thompson being there, without getting this support that LeBron needed. The Sixers, while they had a lot of support, Simmons was empty. Covington was benched. Right. I, I, I mean, you had TJ McConnell picking that up and Sharich did tonight, but there were pieces that, while the Cavaliers guys ended up rising to the occasion and finally showing up, maybe some of the Sixer guys took a step back in the series, and that's why they're done after five games. Well, it's funny. When we watched the, the Cavaliers, it finally looked like either LeBron or, well, we'll give Ty Lue the benefit of the doubt that he finally just said, 
okay, I'm done with the experiment of all the young guys. Clarkson, Nance, all you guys sit down. Yeah, I'm going Hood. back to yep. the I'm going back to the older guys. Then Rodney Hood well, wouldn't go in in the blowout. Felt disrespected, all of that. He should just run laps till they start the uh, conference finals on Sunday uh, against the Sixers. But we, Joel Embiid, a guy that has really become a, a big part of the NBA thrust and as the Sixers and the trust the process bandwagon overflowed, he was 9 of 18 tonight, 12 rebounds, 27 points for the game. But we watched him struggle down the stretch. He had that one opportunity couple of blocks uh, and, and banging down low, can't get it done. Ball goes off his leg out of bounds. We talk about some of the heroics of the Celtics defenders, but Embiid took to the podium and, well, he owned his loss. Joel, uh, Bob Schron, the citizen, um, I know how, how, how proud you are of your team. How hard is this to accept? It's hard because I feel like we had a pretty good chance of beating them, but um, I mean, they just kind of give them a lot of respect. Uh, they play well. They play well together. They made some tough shots uh, during the whole series, and uh, they defended defended us pretty well too. So, gotta give them a lot of credit. But he just he sucks. But you just gotta learn from it and uh, come back next year and do better. Jessica Camarado, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Joel, a bunch of your teammates said they felt like you guys had more to show in this season. Do you agree with them? And if so, what did you feel like you had left to show? Uh, I mean, I feel like we have more. I mean, uh, we got a lot of talented guys. Uh, we didn't play our best, you know. You know, some games, um, some guys were playing well, some games don't. But we feel like when everybody is on, uh, we unbeatable. Um, but, uh, you know, we come in with a lot of mistakes. Uh, we got to learn from it. Um, but we definitely have more to show. Joel, Ian Begley, ESPN.com. On that, that last possession for you against Baines with, when you had it in the post, what did you see on that play? How did it unfold from your perspective? And it looked like you tossed your mask away on that possession as well. I did. Um, I felt like it was, uh, I, the way I thought about it, it was like, I mean, this um, could be the last possession of the season. So I need to be on my best and felt like, although it wasn't, uh, it was against the doctors and all those guys. I kind of tossed it to the, to the side, but, uh, you know, but, I mean, the play unfolded, and, uh, I mean, the West, they had a great game. Uh, I thought they were great tonight, um, but, uh, man, I felt like there was something uh, on that last play, but you can't, you can't. Uh, you can't really do anything about it. Um, but I did a great job uh, the whole night. Joel Owen Pence, Boston Globe. Uh, the fans seem to be chanting your name after that tech, and you seem to be egging them on. How fun? How much fun do you have kind of engaging with fans in these hostile environments? I love it. Uh, I've said this before. I thrive in that type of uh, situation, you know, just being on the road. And I think the whole season, my numbers are actually better on the road than at home because I just get right up. And I, I mean, when they, when they act like that and they say that I suck, I mean, I just want to show them that, oh, I don't, uh, that I'm much better than you guys think. And I, and I know they know that too, um, but it's just, it's just fun to me. And and he just, I mean, in that third quarter, that's when they were doing it. And I felt like I needed to take over. And uh, 
uh, it wasn't enough. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I love I love being in that type of environment, and uh, it's just fun. Said it all right there, talking about the environment, going back and forth with the fans, something that he has embraced uh, as a hero slash villain and growing into it as a star in the league. And yes, on that final play, and this this is one of the things as you, you go through the the big play that that Embiid refers to there. Yeah, he got bodied up, but the final couple of minutes of the game, the referees decided they were not going to be the ones to stand in and, and have a touch foul at any point become a big issue. There was one where, where Marcus Smart stood in as Zarich uh, came down on him and backed in aggressively. You could have called the offensive foul, mm-hmm. could have called a block. They swallowed the whistle. Turnover, Boston going the other way. But it's, it's that kind of thing. You get down into a game like this, I give him credit that you know there were a couple of times where maybe they they could have stopped play blown a whistle and it just good solid low post basketball and for Embiid to say hey on the whole they they did a great job not often do you get a a, a praise but then he made sure to to get the backhand it's like ah there was something on that play but hey you know what are we going to do do you remember and I'm asking you this specifically do you remember what you said as soon as Embiid missed those shots before the show you looked oh, yeah. on Twitter and you said Chicago's bringing up. Oh, it's Charles Smith. Charles it's Charles Smith, Smith yeah. of the Knicks. Yeah. Charles, Charles Smith in the 93 playoffs, an opportunity, four chances, <laughs> not getting the bucket. The difference is this. Joel Embiid's going to have a lot of different opportunities to change that narrative. And when you hear comments yesterday from uh, Tuesday from Kyle Lowry saying it was a wasted year, I agree. But the 76ers, not a wasted year. A lot to gain from this, and as we sit there and talk about what they need to do, I know it kind of sounds cliche, but there's a lot for them to gain from this playoff run. The Raptors, they've already been to a conference final. It was a wasted year. They didn't take advantage of their one seed. But when you hear Joel Embiid, he's going to have more opportunities to make buckets like that. It's not going to be a Charles Smith. He's too good to to, (laughs) to have that label. But there's things they need to fix, but a positive overall, to say the least, season for Philly. Well, first season together, they have the decisions to make. We talked about it a little bit earlier, the J.J. Redick contract. People's eyes were bugging out of their heads with the amount of dollars that were spent to bring in Redick, but certainly paid its dividends, and now you have to re-up and decide how what a long-term deal is and what that looks like. All the rumors about LeBron James are just that for the moment. So you're hoping for growth in Embiid's game but certainly for Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz, imperative on them that at least a mid-range jumper, if not a beyond-the-arc mm-hmm. jump shot, enters their repertoire. You know, if I'm Markel Fultz, I become the best perimeter defender I can to figure out a way to get on the court because right now he doesn't have anything that would help them. Like, if they right. lose J.J. Redick, you're not going to be like, we've got Markel Fultz. No, Can't you? Yeah. yeah, it's not going to happen. That, that's what I would do if I'm Markel Fultz. Find a way to be on the floor because you can shut down an opposing opposing guard and maybe a guard Kyrie Irving for the next five or ten years in, in the Celtics-Sixers rivalry. Can't wait for it. This was round one of hopefully a 15-round fight as we get ready and watch it here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, Dan Beyer in for Jason Smith this evening. Coming up next, our FSR teammate and a former NBA champion joins us to break down this series and start looking ahead to the conference finals. That's next on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, yeah, come on in. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, the slide over baby hour. 
He's the daddy. Jason Smith off tonight. Dan Byer in his place at Dan Byer on Fox. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Earlier tonight, the Sixers fall to the Celtics. 114-112. The Celtics advance to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm trying to get to the cadence of the song, right? Maybe get one of those screams in because of the celebratory nature of things as the Celtics advance four games to one. And the date with LeBron James is set. Joining us to talk about that now, NBA champion in 2011, FS1 NBA analyst and our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio. You hear him with Chris Mannix, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific, 12 to 3 in the East. It's our buddy, Karan Butler. You know, Karan, Ben Simmons is going to be dangerous when he develops that jump shot. But tonight, it's not enough to overcome the Celtics. And I got to say, Marcus Smart is my hero. Yeah, that's exactly what he was, and thanks for thank you guys again for having me on. You Welcome know, I in. think Marcus Smart is the, is the guy that just really makes the difference in this ball club, and it's, it's it's good to see him back out there healthy. A lot of guys, I think he's cut from a different cloth, also because a lot of guys with that injury to the hand when they came back as early would have took the safe route, but now they're in the Eastern Conference and they they playing in the championship. So it's amazing to see that. Karan, how does a coach like Brad Stevens manage with such little depth? What are the tricks? What are the things that he does or can do to get this team playing just basically seven guys right now? Listen, he makes adjustments on the fly, and he's not out there trying to consume other things from other people, personnel, anything like that. He's managing his personnel to the best of his ability and doing an excellent job. I remember, you know, calling the game probably two games in the regular season before it, it, it obviously the season ended. And I was talking to him after he got the news that Kyrie went out. And he said, look, we're going to play big. We'll put Scary Terry at the point, put the ball in his hand, and we're going to utilize the talent that we have to maximize it. And that's exactly what he did. Those guys stayed together collectively. They hang their hat on the defensive end. They never get outworked, even when they do. You know, they bring their they best effort, and that's why they've been able to be successful. Karan, when, when we look at a team like this, right, when across the NBA there's always just the you can't get enough guys to buy in defensively to give their bodies up. And what, what did you see here? Guys stepping in, smart one of them, but certainly every Celtics player stepping in to lane, stepping in and taking bumps. How does a coach communicate that and get guys to buy in, or is that just you're picking the the right guys for your roster that you know are already in that mindset? Listen, Boston has a, a championship culture. They have a winning culture. They got people that believe in their system, and if you if you don't believe in that system, you no longer be with that organization. They do an excellent job of getting the results that they need, and they're young. Guys are really trying to maximize their opportunities, and every time you step out there, it's an audition. Some of those guys wouldn't have had the quality minutes, which they have, if a Gordon Hayward was healthy, if a Kyrie Irving was healthy. So they're maximizing these opportunities to show what? That they can play this game at the highest level, that they can be on this platform, and every time you go out there, let's just face it, you're auditioning not only for your coach and the organization, but so many different organizations around the league. Karan, what is Philadelphia need to to take that next step. I know JJ Redick is got a contract where that expires after this season. You'd you'd like to have him back. But what are they missing? What what could you add to that team that could prevent an earlier exit like you had this season? Hey listen, I you know, 
I personally think that it really came down to the adjustments on the fly, and that comes down to the coaching. I feel like they had the advantage on that end, them being Boston. I feel like Brett Brown did an excellent job of just trying to keep those guys engaged and motivated. They came out there and put their best foot forward. They did not quit on him, you know, because that's extremely deflating if you're expected to win the series. And I, I feel like they just got ahead of themselves. They celebrated a little bit too much in the first round, getting the victory over the Miami Heat. You saw the, the, all the celebration going on in the locker room. And you got to have a short memory. You know, you can't celebrate too much. You can't get too high. Can't get too low. But you got to be somewhere in between when you're when you're in the playoffs and in the marathon of the playoffs, trying to get to the home stretch and possibly make it to the finals. So, you know, they fell a little short. They're an exciting team to watch. They're going to be good in the future. But you have to do a better job of adjusting on the fly and adapting to your personnel, understanding that they're going to play Ben Simmons a certain way. Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon here from the Geico Studios. Dan Byer in for Jason tonight on the hotline with us. Our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio. Again, catch him Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon Western, uh, West Coast, uh, Pacific time, 12 to 3 Eastern. It's Karan Butler, NBA champion, 2011. You see him on FS1 contributing there. And obviously here, find him on Twitter at Real Tough Juice. Real T-U double F Juice on Twitter. Give him a follow. Uh, Karan, switching over to the West, we've got plenty of time to break down Celtics and LeBron James. We, I think we'll be talking for a month before they play any more games. But let's talk about Chris Paul a, a night ago, <laughs> right? He steps up with a 41-point performance, no turnovers, just a masterful performance, at least for a moment, silencing the critics and pushing away some of those playoff demons. So for him, he advances to a conference finals. I'm just looking squarely at James Harden and his 40% shooting in this last round as something I'm pretty nervous about heading into a matchup with Golden State. Listen, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the the rhythm of James Harden, but they said he was a little under weather. He wasn't feeling good. Chris did an excellent job of addressing that, you know, post-game because a lot of people thought that that looked like James Harden of a pass where, you know, you saw him kind of disappear in the playoffs, wasn't a better version of himself. But that's the reason why you bring a guy like Chris Paul there because he's a guy that can put the ball in his hand, you know, distribute the basketball, score the basketball, which you saw. And, you know, they're going to have – he's going to have to play at this rate for four to five games at least in this next series. And it's going to – he's going to play at this rate and possibly lose in games, but he's going to have to be that offensive threat, which we now see that he can be, and he's preserved himself enough this season because – He's playing with another button superstar. It has to be a big series for Chris Paul going forward. Along those lines, we just saw a Celtics team with a lot of guys step up. Even if Harden and Paul are on top of their games, is that still enough to beat Golden State? Are are they going to need Clint Capella to continue to play at the level that he's playing at or Eric Gordon to step up? Or can they get it done even if James Harden and Chris Paul play at their best? Well, you just did an excellent job of talking about Chris Paul, you know, addressing his biggest nemesis, and that's getting to the conference finals. But now D'Antoni and the team that's been led, any D'Antoni team that's ever been coached is now having to address that biggest nemesis in his defense. I don't have any issues with them scoring the basketball, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to outscore Golden State. I think you have to hang your hat on the defensive end of the floor. You have to buy into that. And if you can do that, 
four, an entire series against Golden State, you give yourself a fighter's chance. But mind you, they struggled playing against Utah. And that was just one dominant guy, and that guy being a rookie. You know, Donovan Mitchell, right. you know, pretty much had put a lot of stake offensively and, and put a lot of pressure on them defensively where they couldn't just home in on him. And they made it an interesting series. So Houston has to do an excellent job and a better job going forward if they want to have a shot. Looking at that Mitchell 22-point third quarter and then obviously leaves with the injury. Uh, with Golden State, I found it interesting, the Draymond Green comments of just, hey, it's time to play. Because for the regular season, Steve Kerr was complaining about getting to the All-Star game. They they didn't look like they much were, were concerned about any of that. So in this last series, we see him step forward and start playing on another level. I, I'm afraid that we just see an annihilation, Karan. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's what I feel too. You know, looking at the post game and listening to Draymond Green saying, Look, they wanted us, they said it, they they, they you know, management said it, owners said it, you know, like and, and look, be careful what you ask for because here we come. You know, they got you know, they ready, you know, and they clicking on all cylinders. Defensively they played exceptionally well. They handled their business against the Pelicans. Uh Steph Curry came back in just the nick of time to, you know, get back in shape get into a game flow, get his rhythm. He's poised. He's ready. Kevin Durant, you saw his demonstration and what he pulled off. Draymond Green is playing pretty much the best basketball I've seen him play in some time. And what I mean by that is that not only is he rebounding the ball, assisting the ball, being a defender on the defensive end, doing all those things, but he's knocking down shots from the outside on a consistent basis, and they're going to need that from him. Great stuff, Karan Butler. You'll hear him here t- tomorrow night with Dan Byer yes, for we're three hours fun. here in the Geico Studios, 8 to 11 Pacific. Time I'm, you're hearing us now. I've already got something up my sleeve for tomorrow night for Karan, okay? Something up my sleeve. Don't want to give it away, but we'll we'll have some fun tomorrow night. Yeah, that means he's wearing a shirt, Karan, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Two-time All-Star NBA champion, our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio, Karan Butler on the hotline. Appreciate you, Karan. Thanks for the info and insight, and we'll talk to you soon. Anytime, brother. See you tomorrow. Great stuff from Karan Butler with us, our teammate. He'll be in with Dan tomorrow night. You'll hear three hours of goodness as they have, well, we have several days to set up the conference finals, uh, and Dan and Karan will do that uh, from the mind of a guy that has played deep into playoffs, that a guy that's won titles, been in all-star games, he's a guy that is is really going to be able to to break it down unlike any other. Yeah, and I'm looking at, especially this Cavs-Celtics series, I'm curious on what we are going to see, what Karan thinks are going to be the real deciding factors in this matchup. You both said that you like the Warriors and the Warriors fairly easily over the Rockets. I don't think that the East is that easy. I think there's a lot of... Maybe it's just because there's so many questions about maybe both of those teams, but I'm interested to see in what he thinks is going to work for Boston and really what's going to work for Cleveland in that matchup against the Celts. Who's stepping up in primetime? He's Dan Byer. I'm Mike Harmon, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, coming to you from the Geico Studios. We get into an allegation and a story that's cropped up out of Detroit regarding Lions coach Matt Patricia next. But first, we step up to Tom Looney, our award-winning update anchor, and we find out what's trending. As a billionaire, a really rich guy I never heard of wants to buy the Carolina Panthers. He wants to bring in Peyton Manning as the face of the franchise. And as Mike was uh, referring to, 
With the Me Too movement still in full force, Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia has landed in the middle of a scandal, not for any recent actions, but for an accusation that goes back to 1996. He was indicted, never prosecuted, and Mike and Dan are going to have more details come about that uh, coming up in just a minute. Uh, Sixers-Celtics Game 5 came down to the final shot. Simmons holding it. Long touchdown pass. Knocked away. Picked off by Marcus Smart. He fires the ball into the air. It crashes to the ground as the Philadelphia 76er season comes to an end. An instant classic of a series in a rivalry renewed. And the Boston Celtics have survived four games to one. Oh, the human drama. Sean Grady with the call. 98.5 FM, the sports hub in Boston. 114-112 was the final Eastern Conference Finals. Game one, Sunday night on the American Broadcasting Company, better known by their gangster name, ABC. To Major League Baseball, one baseball game still being played at this late hour in La La Land with the Dodgers in front of the Diamondbacks. Take a picture. Dodgers are leading in a baseball game 4-3 to three in the bottom of the eighth inning. If you need more baseball scores, just check out BoxSports.com. And we now forge forth into the night, breaking down the NBA playoffs in excruciating detail and... Other great sports chin wagon with Mike Harmon and Dan Beyer on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Looney. Go sure. enjoy the gym, my friend. Oh, okay. All right. Appreciate you. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 50, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. You can go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. He's Dan Beyer. I'm Mike Harmon. Uh, he's in for Jason Smith, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon here from the Geico studios. And the story out of the Detroit News tonight concerning Matt Patricia, their new head coach. Remember him from his time on the sidelines with the New England Patriots. Uh, An allegation from a 1996 incident on South Padre Island where a woman uh, contended that on March 15th, two men burst into the hotel room where she was sleeping and took turns violently sexually assaulting her. They were arrested, charged, later indicted by a grand jury on one count of aggravated sexual assault, but they never stood trial, were never convicted. It was Patricia and the captain of the football team at the time, a man by the name of Greg Dietrich, and they've gone on, and this now comes up from the Detroit News at a time. Patricia was scheduled to have a press conference tomorrow, and we have Statements both from the Lions and from Matt Patricia that have been released in the last hour or so. Matt Patricia, as someone who was falsely accused on this very serious charge over 22 years ago, never given an opportunity to defend myself and clear my name, I never went to trial, the, citing the emotional distress and other factors. Uh, the, the woman never, never took it to trial. I find it incredibly unfair Disappointing and frustrating that this story would resurface now with the only purpose being to damage my character and reputation. I firmly maintain my innocence as I have always done. And then a statement about not condoning this behavior and and harassment, etc. Martha Firestone Ford, Bob Quinn, Rod Wood, in their statement, they respond saying that while the charge was dismissed, Coach Patricia never had the opportunity to present his case or clear his name public in a court of law. He's denied that there was any factual basis for the charge. 
no settlement agreement, etc. Paragraph ends with, in discussions today with Lions management, Porter involved acknowledged that the allegations have not been substantiated. Very important line. As an organization, Detroit Lions take allegations regarding sexual assault harassment seriously. Coach Patricia was the subject of a standard pre-employment background check, which did not disclose this issue. We've spoken to Coach and his attorney about it. Based on everything we've learned, we believe and have accepted Coach Patricia's explanation. We will continue to support him. And then a statement about working with the players in the NFL for further awareness and protections. The standard pre-employment background check needs a few more questions to be included therein, as I think that is happening across workplaces nationwide, uh, perhaps things that weren't as uh, substantive and maybe as extensive uh, as they were in the past. But it appears that the Detroit Lions, for their part, Maybe they defer. Maybe the league decides they want to come and ask a few questions, but they consider it a, a finished issue. They seem to have accepted Matt Patricia's, uh, Patricia's explanation along with that of his attorney and how the case was resolved. This is what's going to happen. Matt Patricia is going to stay the head coach of the Detroit Lions. He's not going. They are not going to fire him. They are not going to lose his job unless something more came of this. But just on this, he would not lose his job. What is interesting on the timing of this, though, Mike, if this came, say, six months earlier, while he was still an assistant with the New England Patriots, I don't think that there's any way he's getting interviews to be an NFL head coach. Sure. I don't and, think and that probably not retaining yeah, his job. Fair or unfair. Right. Considering that no team would want to take a, I think, take a, and I'm using the air quotes of risk because every team in the NFL tries to eliminate any risk possibility when it comes to draft picks, when it comes to coaches, when it comes to, to front office. Risk, this, distraction, yeah. whatever term you want to put on it, some sound more yeah. nebulous and, and less serious, but it's still that same thing of anything that takes away from the business of coaching mm-hmm. and playing football is is going to be removed from most locks. And it's different It's different of being an assistant and a head coach. That they're, they're different. And you can look as far as Detroit, when Jim Bob Cooter was brought in to be their quarterback's coach. Had a DUI arrest in 2006. In 2009, uh, there were accusations where he was arrested and going into a woman's bedroom and stripping down into his underwear. And that that was all in the past of Jim Bob Cooter, who then the Lions brought in as a head coach. It's different with an assistant and a head coach, but that's another reason using that example, Mike, that I think they stick by Matt Patricia, and I think he remains the head coach of the Detroit Lions. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there in South Padre. I just know from what we read, so I don't want to pass judgment on that. But I don't think there's any way Matt Patricia loses his job because of this report. Rod Wood, the team president, said, I'm very comfortable with the process of interviewing employing Matt. I will tell you with a 1,000% certainty that everything I've, con- I've learned confirmed what I already knew about the man and would no way changed our decision to make him our head coach. We'll see how the league responds if they should issue a statement. Uh, or if there's anything further. But for now, the Detroit News report is out there, and Matt Patricia remains the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon, company from the Geico Studios. Dan Beyer in for Jason Smith this evening. Coming up next, we talk about the Coach of the Year voting in the NBA, a head-scratcher for sure, and a cautionary tale about playing too much of your video game. Yes, Fortnite in the news once again. The Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio continues. We're back. The Jason Smith Show 
with Mike Harmon here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I was trying to think of something brilliant to say of, I can block a shot, I can block that shot good, or one of those things. I eat cookies good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so out of the loop. Well, it's the running joke here that normally with Jason bringing us back, as the sound comes up of this song, he would have something good. Whatever it was from a game we were watching, whatever, there wasn't necessarily a block. I can take a charge. I I don't know what was the appropriate thing out of the Sixers-Celtics game to take from it, hence the extra pause, but we got there. I've got some good news. Well, I don't know if it's good news. news. Yeah. Is it great news? Uh, It depends. Okay. Paul George uh, having knee surgery, arthroscopic knee surgery, should resume basketball activities. Six to eight weeks. Uh, injured that knee running out of Oklahoma City. How about no, that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there were people saying <laughs> they, to L.A. Weren't there people saying they spotted him at Disneyland before he went underwent <laughs> the knife, too? Apparently, it's been bothering him since December, which, I don't know, maybe could have been an answer for what happened in the postseason. But I just wanted to get the running out of Oklahoma City joke there because it was such low-hanging fruit that I just had to grab it and bite it before we called it a night. Nicely done. Rosberg, you want to jump on back? Oh, I'm just hoping that the procedure is going to be done by Lakers doctors and nobody else. No. How about that? Oh, uh, he was smiling with the you know shower cap on and that whole thing in the surgical ward. So uh, hopefully a quick recovery for him. It's part of the free agency frenzy that will begin at the beginning of July that we'll all be eagerly anticipating whether LeBron James stays or goes and all the other decisions of the top free agents. We'll have you covered here. On Fox Sports Radio. A couple of things to get to before we go into the good night and make way for our buddy Ben Maller. Uh, the NBCA Coach of the Year Award was doled out earlier today. That's right. The National Basketball Coaches Association with 30 votes. Among them, well, Dwayne Casey was named Coach of the Year. It comes ironically after his team is swept out by the resurgent Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James leading the way, but I think the efforts of his band of Merriman and their contributions to the series have really been pushed down, and it's all been LeBron, 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 mm-hmm. LeBron. Is that you had great a great series from Kevin Love? Um, like he was magnificent. You got contribution from deeper down in your roster than you have in quite some time. Uh, and but Dwayne Casey, because of the fifty nine wins. Kyle Lowry said it was a waste of a season, as we discussed a little bit before. He's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and Dwayne Casey, obviously, on the firing line, possibly, because of the handling of DeMar DeRozan and the early exit, uh, or I should say the listless exit uh, of this team, especially after Game 3 when he seemingly waved the white flag, saying, oh, we got one more game. No, no, you have to win one at a time. There's He did not get coached up. And then he said, one, two, three, Cancun. At the end, going Nick Van Axel. So, bad move by him. But he's the coach of the year. Uh, Seven other coaches receive votes, but zero votes for Brad Stevens of your Boston Celtics. I know a lot of people were up at arms over it, but again, they had a two-win improvement from the year year prior when you added Kyrie Irving. Uh, That's... Listen, I think Brad Stevens already even would say himself that when he saw the names on the list, we all know that Brad Stevens is a top five, top three coach in the NBA. Uh, you don't go below three and not say Brad Stevens. But for this year, for the 82 games and what happened in that window, it wasn't Brad Stevens. Get over it. Crappy bands have won Grammys. Okay, get over it. 
Well, it's just the the idea. They were a number one seed a year ago. As you mentioned, just in terms of total wins, it's a shrug the shoulder kind of moment. Even Kyrie was on the shelf and Hayward barely put a uniform on and got it dirty. That you have the Dwayne Casey, they have a phenomenal year. And it's always the question of why do you vote on things the regular season versus post? Well, there'll be other awards that Brad Stevens will be able to put on his mantle uh, at another time. But for this one, it, it got people a bit excited just because he didn't get a vote, which is kind of funny. But whatever, if he's playing yeah. for an NBA title, I don't think he's worried about whether his other coaching colleagues don't vote for him. In fact, I think he might smile about it saying, well, I'm in their heads. <laughs> does Steve Kerr get props for allowing the players to coach during timeouts, or does that is that held against him when it comes Ooh. down to it? There's Who cares about Coach of the Year? Just as when the same people who care about Coach of the Year were all up in arms over who's going to win Rookie of the Year. Exactly. Boston Red Sox left-hander David Price with a mild case of carpal tunnel syndrome. Manager Alex Cora says he doesn't think video games brought on the issue, but Price sent back to Boston for testing. is going to throw a bullpen session on Thursday. Uh, But there's a lot of question as to whether his love of Fortnite has caused him to potentially have an injury. Never had carpal tunnel from a video game. Have had sore thumb, courtesy of the A, B, and C button on the Sega Genesis controller and the paddle and the uh, PlayStation controller as well. I've had sore tips of the thumb because of it. You know, I gave my daughter a cautionary tale because the clickety-clack, clickety-clack of hundreds of text messages going back and forth, and you got to be careful. But repeated motions such as typing and telling her to make sure you got to exercise the wrist and, and all of that. But Price, the, quote, longtime video game enthusiast, and you got a lot of downtime as a starting pitcher. You got to watch out for those demons. The I've, Fortnite will get I've you. I've got a sore arm sometimes for the iPad just because it's how it's situated. I can I can relate to that. I figured there was a 12-ounce Mountain Dew curl coming in there. 20-ounce. <laughs> there you go. Dan Byer in for Jason Smith. Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen. Thanks for listening in. Our buddy Ben Maller is next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... 
right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.